Hey there, it's The Real Deal with Camille, true stories of life as an entrepreneur. I'm Camille Diaz, and I'm an optimization coach. I teach entrepreneurs how to achieve their goals, streamline their business, and regain their life. In this podcast, my guests and I share real stories from our real-life experiences. We use our authentic voices, which sometimes include explicit language. If that's not going to work for you, tap out now. My guest is Annie P. Ruggles. For over a decade, Annie P. has harnessed her Hulk-like disdain for hard sales, tacky self-promotion, and overly competitive sleazeballs as inspiration to help people find better ways to grow their small business. As founder of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, she's guided hundreds of people toward making deeper connections, lasting impressions, and friendlier, more lucrative transactions and conversations. Total inside scoop here. This was actually my first guest episode ever recorded for Real Deal. Annie recorded with me on an episode of Money Heart. She was so fun and easy to talk to. I spontaneously asked her to record another episode for a show I was thinking about doing and hadn't really figured out yet. She was amazing and said yes. She gave me permission to use it, shelve it, whatever I wanted to do. Knowing that every entrepreneur has one and that it's usually a game changer for them, well, at least one, I asked Annie about the lowest moment in her business. I wasn't as interested in the low moment as I was in the change it might have sparked. In this episode, Annie shares the story of her low moment and talks about all the amazingly wonderful, long-lasting life changes it generated for her. She is absolutely jam-packed with wisdom that just keeps bubbling to the surface. Yay, because this one is all about just... And you know, I don't care when it comes out, so (laughs) I don't care. You don't care when it comes out. You don't care what anything. Um, we can say all the things on this one because the goal. Fuckity, 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 fuckity shit. There. Well, that's the entrepreneur journey. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, like, the goal of this entire <laughs> podcast is just to share, like, the real deal. Because it's the real deal with Camille. The real deal. <gasps> How things do you love it? Are you really calling it the real deal with Camille? Yes. Hell yes. That's, that's okay. Me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Remember how before I was like, I'm going to be patient. I don't yeah. care when this comes out. Yeah. The real deal with Camille. Yeah. Okay. Number one, it needs to be the sister show of my new show, The Cringe. Oh, okay. Which is an entrepreneurial Schadenfreude show. Oh, nice. Uh, so, of course, I'd be like, and also, if y'all want to fix this, go listen to the real with Camille but also that is just the best title ever thank you thank oh, you I love it thank you yeah I'm uh I I, can't, I mean okay so this is how it got started so I will share the origin story mm-hmm. so I was working with someone for help with marketing and branding because mm-hmm. I had started coaching and then this super short story started coaching got into financial services 
was actually pretty good at financial services, but was making my family miserable because I wasn't spiritually fulfilled by financial services, even though I feel like it's so important and people need it. And it's a massive thing, but also everyone in my family was miserable. Like you, you got something like this is shell of a human. Can we have Camille back? Right. Exactly. That, that was the thing. So, um, I got a little reality check and I was like, yeah. And I was working on my second book. So I'm like, I love coaching. I got to go back to coaching and Mm -hmm still keep all my licenses, but we need to amp up this coaching thing. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I need someone to help me figure out how to do it. And she said, start recording your journey. I don't know what we're going to use it for, but you should start recording your journey. Hell yes. Okay. I can do that. So for the past, it's over a year now, over a year, I have been recording little five to 10 minute, um, some of them are like three minute snippets of things that are going on and progress that's been happening as I've been re-firing up my coaching business and writing the book and presenting and all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is what I, I thought, oh, this is the show. This is the start of the show on my solo episodes. Plus I want to bring other entrepreneurs in to talk about the real deal and it rhymes with my name. So how could it be any better? I mean, I offer the Annie P guarantee. So nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the real deal with Camille is the best title ever. Thank you. I think and, and it's unique to me, you know, like who yeah, it's yours. Yeah, it's mine. So so I love it. Yeah. Well, um, every single thing in my life is open book. Anything you ask me is going to be totally fine. Well, fabulous. Share like your biggest business fail disaster. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I got that. Was it yesterday? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh shit, that was last week. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. I mean, it's, there are, you know, there are acute failures and then there are long failures. Right. Ooh, yeah. So like sales avoidance for me was a very long failure. Mm, mm-hmm. I've also had some very acute failures. Um, but no, yeah. Any any you don't have to worry about treading into water I don't want to go into. I okay. love the opportunity to be vocal about how hard this shit is because right? I believe that like you know, on a competition show where somebody gets disqualified and the other person goes, that's not how I wanted to win. Yes. Like, I think it's important that people understand that winning is possible, but hard. And I'm not saying, you know, this is my real deal. I'm not saying that so that people understand or or come to understand that entrepreneurship is terrible and no one should do it. I'm also just trying to be out here and be like, if this sucks and is really hard, you're not doing it wrong. That's the sport you're playing. That's how it is. Yes. Yeah. It's like right? playing football. I mean, like, how come I keep getting hit? It's like, how come I keep getting bruises? <laughs> Are you playing? Because you're voluntarily choosing to have 300 pound men knock you down. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Right. That's, so that's you're not going to go. There's not going to be anything that you ask me or anything that I'm going to be like, ooh, let's not answer that. Like you okay, ask cool. what you want to ask and I'm, I'm all for it. Sweet. You're awesome. Um, You're awesome. Yay. Okay. So, so, so the, the trauma or the sales thing that you went through the long-term mm-hmm. sales trauma denial thing, give us a brief, brief oh, recap of that because I just, I was so burned out. My burnout and had burnout on top of having burnout because of what we talked about in the last one. And that I thought if I was a stress beast, I would make money faster. Right. And so I welcomed workaholism. Yep. 
because I thought it would get me there faster. Yeah. It seems logical. More hours equals more progress. No. Right. No. And then the, but the, my, uh, probably honestly more painful than that, which, which again, I have no problem kind of because I'm healing from it now. Sure. But back in 2019, I had a really public, unexpected, embarrassing shame trigger thing happen. Ooh, and wow. the source of it was someone that I really loved and trusted. Oh. And the environment was on my platform publicly. On Wow. And so what happened was all my childhood trauma about rejection and humiliation and embarrassment like bullying and stuff like that like flooded back and so what happened was i had to at the time i did what i i did what i had to do to survive at the time sure and what i thought i had to do to survive at the time was completely hide so like i stopped talking to all of my work friends i stopped talking to some of my other friends i was really paranoid that people were going to come at me in this way i was you know and so what i did was i basically hid for all of 2019. wow oh my god but, but there were gifts in that and one of the gifts of that was the non-sleazy sales academy right yeah. again it gave me sure. the gift of space and similarly like, like this year with my health my health has been so crappy this year <laughs> but i've gotten that gift of space so for me that tends to be like the gift in the shit. yep but i mean I got really badly taken down a peg when mm. I thought I was on this big upswing and oh, it literally froze me in place yeah. and said, no one wants to hear from you. Shut your mouth. And, and I had to repair from that and I'm yeah. better now yeah. and I'm owning me now. And mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I'm out more now than before. But that was the crossroad was like, am I going to continue to be this semi authentic version of me, which is safer? Yes. Or am I going to say <clears throat> and just be like, these are the ABCs of me, baby, like it or don't. Right. Which is what I chose. Yeah. But it's hard. Obviously. 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 Which is great. And I think that's where the most success happens. Yeah. Is when we are finally able to choose, I'm just going to be myself, fuck everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, and really, but do it from a place of service, yep. not a place of hate. I think that's where people get confused on that authenticity thing is like, they really are like, I hate everyone. You know, mm -hmm. I don't care about any of you. And what it really is, is I'm not going to listen to other people's opinions of how I should be. I'm going to be me. Right. And I'm going to serve them as me. Yeah. And, and that's that that little tweak that that so many people I think miss. They just get into the I'm me, get out of my way, don't I'm not participating with you thing. And it comes across as so mean and angry. And it's like, no, you're still working through being you. Cause yeah. if you were really all the way there, you probably wouldn't be so standoffish and pushy and all of those things. You'd probably be approaching it from this is me, how can I help? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That. What was your biggest success as an entrepreneur? What's the most amazing <sighs> thing that's happened to you? Golly, my biggest success. My biggest success, I think, is 
the fact that showing up authentically is the only way I know how to show up now. Which after the trauma we just talked about where I was like, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to show anybody who I am. I'm, I'm going to play small. I'm going to play safe. I'm going to play secret. Like really, since I came back out of hiding, there has only been this me. This is the me my mama knows. This is the me you know. This is the me my clients who have been with me for years know. This is the me my dog knows. This is me. Right. And it's not that I don't think authenticity stuff is really important. I do think it's really important. But my biggest success is that a lot of that content doesn't really move me anymore mm -hmm. because I can't imagine a time where I would censor myself anymore. Yeah. I can't imagine a time that I would send a stuffy business email when it felt appropriate to send a hey girl, hey. Right. I, I can't imagine that. And I also, now that I do show up authentically, it's not all the shiny bits. And I am proud of myself for showing my real deal. Yeah. So that what everybody gets is a predictable, but dynamic, uniform, reliable, honest representation of my heart and brain. And that took time to accrue and that took even longer to allow. And I'm freaking proud that nobody else could do what I do. Nobody else could have my podcast. Nobody else could teach sales how I teach sales. And it's not because I'm the best at either. It's because I'm doing both as me. Yeah. And so now people are like, you need to show up authentically. And I'm like, how could I possibly show up any more authentically than this? My second grade teacher is coming out of this going, I remember that girl. Okay, that means I'm being authentic. Right? That's the like, one. That's the person. That's the person. Right? Yes. After like from yes. 1992. Right? Comes out of the woodwork and it goes, oh, this is exactly what I knew you would do. Okay, then I must be showing up authentically. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> right boom yes um, and I love that that you're like I can't even imagine being another way because you so fully embrace you that you're right. like I can't I couldn't even I couldn't even do anything else I couldn't well, even, and I couldn't be any other way when I got attacked the the word obnoxious got thrown around really a lot so was this like did they do this on your show did they do this on <laughs> social media <laughs> okay so i was doing this really fun on conference event with a couple of collaborators oh. and uh it was like a small intimate live event here in chicago it was the second year mm -hmm. and this attendee um who had been a very close friend and confidant of mine just showed up to the event in a total place to make everything about themselves, um, cause a scene, be ridiculous, flail, whatever. And I don't know if it's my iris sensibility or what, but it's my job to kind of care bear, cheerlead, make a joke, not at anybody's expense, but you know, I'm trying to lighten this weird mood and this person who knew my deepest, darkest secrets came into the room and was like, are you fucking kidding me? Why are you being such a bitch? You're not funny. Do you think that you're funny? You're not helping. Sometimes you need to think about the fact that you're a hurtful person. Blah! 
and just screamed at me in front of every single person at my own conference. Oh, I and, cannot imagine a more devastating like well, and here's happening the, at your event. Here's my here's my thing. I had been so I was on so much adrenaline that and I was so like sleep deprived and wired and happy and on and and I'm an introvert so I was like wiped out and so normally I would like to think that I would be like hey can we go talk about this in the hallway because this is not appropriate for this event instead what I did was just burst into tears yeah and and just sobbed yeah in front of everybody at my own event Wow. which was mortifying yeah yeah. Mortifying. And then, yeah. of course, the people that came for one of my other collaborators who don't know me wrote understandably shitty things about how I cried in the middle of the event in their contact form. I don't know what was wrong with Annie. She was crying. It kind of ruined the vibe. Yeah, I'm sorry I ruined the vibe. Oh. I had an atom drop bomb dropped on my head in the middle of an event that I worked really hard to put on for a whole year. Right. And then, so yeah. then that obnoxious word got kicked around and I thought this is the crossroads. Mm-hmm. I can shut my mouth forever and be quirky, but not anywhere near obnoxious land. Mm-hmm. Or I can look back on the times when I've been called obnoxious and I can think, was I doing anything to hurt anybody? Were my intentions good? Yeah. Was I showing up as myself? If I know that I was showing up as myself with my heart, with the intention to connect with other people, and it just doesn't land on them well, then let them call me obnoxious. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking over someone, if I'm losing my ability to listen, if I'm making situations or problems about me that aren't about me, then let them call me obnoxious. But I don't let people call me obnoxious who just don't like my presentation style anymore. Yeah. And by I don't let them, people can do whatever they want to do and the internet's a big place. I just try not to put weight on that. Yeah. When everyone around me will tell me consistently, oh, I love that interview you did. If 10 people say, hey, I love that interview, then A, I need to look at, do I want to be validated right now? And am I going to put ownership on that praise? Mm-hmm. and or okay I got a hater today yeah. an anonymous hater hurts less than someone you know yep someone you know hurts less than easily. someone you love yeah. right yeah but so many of us spend so much of our entrepreneurial journey trying to prepare and protect ourselves from hate from without mm-hmm. I never ever expected that my air quotes enemy or that the attack would have come from someone so close to me. I don't tell people that so that they're paranoid. I don't think that there are snakes hiding in all of your grass, but I say that to say I got deeply publicly shamed by someone in my inner circle Mm -hmm. on my own platform. Mm -hmm. I will never ever be afraid of a YouTube hater again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some, some random person. Come at me, somewhere. Joe Schmo 948, who says, <laughs> why do I want to learn about sales from a fat girl? Go learn about sales from a skinny girl. I don't care. Yeah. Right. But, but once you've had to stare down 
how you're showing up and fix it and choose it and polish it, it does, I know I'm not alone in this, it does make one a lot steelier toward the little barbs that that get thrown at you when you're out here trying to make a difference. Yeah, when you go through something like that and you're like, okay, well, I've been through all the shit and now some of that just doesn't bother me anymore. You just no. you just develop resistance. I think really you've increased your uh, filtering ability. And mm-hmm. it's like these things are relevant and I let them in and process them and look at both sides and de- figure mm-hmm. out how I want to deal with that. And these other things are nonsense and I'm not even going to bother spending any time or energy on those other things that are you know joe schmo 5873 or whatever right yeah i mean and praise is the same way i remember when i was still in theater school i had this horrible obnoxious mean terrible teacher who was nice to everybody except me Mm. and then her and she was just horrible to me but then her counterpart literally more than once was like annie passanisi is the next barbara streisand and i'd be like i'm sorry huh like babs you're comparing me to babs i'm like no lady gaga is the next barbara streisand literally and figuratively don't know why you think it's me but oh okay but it almost was the same thing as like she's like you're fat and lazy and will never succeed in this business. Her partner's like, you're the next Barbara Streisand. Either of those is not where I need to put my energy. The validation, the good, the compliment can be fluffy and distracting too. Yes. Both, both distracting, both can pull you off your mission. Both can get in your head and mess with you. Exactly. And so I like to, I like to work on the process and it still very much is a process of self-validation. It's Mm -hmm. not that I don't like to hear things. It's not that I don't like comments or, or the thank you notes I get. I have a whole box of them on my desk because I cherish them. I really, really do. But at the end of the day, if I'm relying on everyone around me to tell me if I'm doing a good job of being a good person. I'm for the mark. I'm I'm forgetting the data that's in front of my face, which yeah. is how do I feel about walking through life as this person? Right, which is really the much more important. Mm, what do you call that measurement? I guess because um, well, you can't you can't is, testimonial yourself out of feeling small. Yeah. Yes. You'll just see the testimonials and think, ah, eh, you know, they're just being nice that day. Side. Yeah. 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 And just go, yeah, well, they don't know the whole story. And yeah. If they knew what a mess I was, they would never write that. They would never have written such a nice thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or on the flip side, if they knew how hard I was trying, if they knew how much I cared for people, they never would have said, why do I want to learn sales from a fat girl? No, yeah. no one, no one on the internet sees you wholly. Yeah. Only you see you wholly. Right. Which, by the way, I'm looking at you on video. I don't know if people are listening to this only on audio, but you do not look fat to me. Like you're totally moving around and you're not falling off your chair and you look great. I mean, here's the thing. I'm a chonky little girl. I am a teapot. I am short and I am stout. But what do I do with that? Do I hide it or do I cover it? You're rocking it. I am literally wearing a sequin muumuu. So I I got some trunk under here and dang it, it's covered in bling, right? Yeah. But, but. You know, I have to know that I look good. Yeah. And and similarly, when I don't look good, I have to go, ooh, I'm not looking so good. Do I need to dig in 
to yeah. why that is and make changes? Or do I need to just give myself some grace and space and brush my hair tomorrow? Sometimes right. the answer is both. Yep. Yep. And but I'm not going to know overrated. that. Right? Well, every day. I mean, after the pandemic, what is a bra? But like, you know, right. I, I, I'm grateful that I'm getting better at discerning when to seek out validation and and when not to but i gotta be completely honest here on the real deal it's a real deal to continually be in the public eye and receive criticism and praise and still stick to my own plan stick to my own gumption and not get stuck in how many downloads a podcast episode gets for example yeah yeah. When I get, you know, comments and whether they're positive or negative, I try to just put them in as, okay, I'm getting feedback, you mm-hmm. know, and how do I want to interpret that feedback? Well, mm-hmm. one, if somebody watched the show, cool. Somebody watched the show or read my content or whatever, like, okay, yeah. eyes on. Um, if they made a comment of either type, whatever I said or did touch them enough to cause them to make a comment. Yep. So I've made an impact somewhere. And knowing that a lot of times those negative comments come from people who heard or saw something that poked that trauma that they have, that they have not yet dealt with. And therefore it generated a negative comment because they had no other way of dealing with that thing that I brought up for them. And maybe we are one step closer for them getting to be able to resolve that issue, even if it's not with me. So I, I just feedback every time. And when I see the praise ones, it's like, okay, I inspired you enough to make a comment and maybe this is feedback for me that I'm doing it well, um, that I'm having the desired results or I look at what they say and I go, Oh, I didn't even know that's what I was teaching when I did that. Cause sometimes that happens too. It's like people will say something and I don't even realize that, that that was the, I thought I was teaching something else or I thought I was commenting <laughs> on something else. And then they get, they get more out of it than what I put. I was like, oh, that's really smart. Okay, well, maybe right? that is what was valuable. So now I know how to direct my next lesson or program or whatever it is. It's let me provide value where people need it, um, yeah. not just where I think seems fun and interesting. Not that I can't have fun and interesting too, but you know, more people will consume it if I actually solve what they need solved. So, yes. Yeah. Yes, that, <laughs> that right there. Yeah. Yeah. One more question. Yeah. What would you tell a new entrepreneur? Like what advice would you give to somebody who is all fired up in, in their first year? None of your negative conceptions of selling need to be brought into your new business. Mm. All the ways that you've been sold too badly are no longer relevant. Seek out people that sell well and emulate them. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Just drop off the baggage. Don't bring it. Don't even pack it. Don't put it in the car. It's not going on this trip. Nope. Leave it on the side of the road. Bye. It's no longer relevant to you. Yes. Right. But you do need to learn to ask and you do need to perfect how you yourself ask and see how that lands on people and respond and adjust accordingly. But none of the arm twisting, the lying, the manipulation, the tricks, none of that needs to happen. So don't right. even put it in your car. Yeah. Yeah. 
don't don't pack that bag just straight into the trash yep <laughs> yeah yeah this is or awesome. if you're Thank me you. and you do everything extreme like into the incinerator <laughs> oh yes i love that image yes, better it's so much better it. makes me bonfire it of the incredibles i don't know if you watched that movie when yeah. has a little thing and like yes. there's like these tissues and she just sweeps them off the desk into the yep. little fire pit yep yeah that. I mean, I'm Edna uh, Height, so all the more reason, right? But yeah, just sweep all that nasty into the incinerator. It is no longer your issue. Yeah, exactly. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing oh, with me. Fabulous. A pleasure every time. Wow, you're listening all the way to the end? That is awesome. I don't like to half-ass things either. Sounds like we might get along well. Let's connect on social media. I'm at Cam Unfiltered. If you want to find out more about me first, you can visit my website, CamilleDiaz.com.